0: Uh, Thank you, worship band. Great stuff, great stuff. Worshiping a great Lord. Good morning. How are you doing? Please fill out your communication card in your bulletin Just a reminder of that and put that in the offering plate when that comes by a little bit later. Exodus 20, verse 7. C.S. Lewis once gave a universal law of human experience. He said, you cannot get second things by putting them first. You get second things only by putting first things first. Now, think about it. In other words, overvaluing a lesser good results paradoxically in losing it. And then he goes on and says this, Put first things first, and we get second things thrown in. Put second things first, and we lose both first and second things. And he gives an example of a woman who makes her dog the center of her life. She loses not only her human usefulness and dignity but even the proper pleasure of dog, uh, of dog keeping. And then he gives another example of a man who focuses solely on the woman he loves, doing nothing but contemplating her, eventually loses the pleasure of loving her, as well as all the other things that make life rich and enjoyable. You focus on the second things, you lose both the first and second. And on a much larger scale, Lewis believed that civilization is imperiled because it had been putting itself first rather than second to a higher good. Jesus said the same thing. He said, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you as well. All the other things. And in that verse He talks about, in that passage, He talks about food and clothing and shelter and things like that. How about food? Let's talk about that. Jesus also said, woe to you who are full Now. For you shall be hungry. I don't know about you, but I think it's wonderful to eat. I love food. I think most of you do too. And when God is firmly in our lives, a world of guilt-free, God-floring, God-glorifying culinary pleasure opens up before us. We enjoy food more because we know who made it and who gave it. And putting first things first, we get second things thrown in. Put God first and the food is just wonderful. But then let food be first. What happens? We let our stomachs rule. We begin to live for mealtime and snacks and cookies and restaurants. We think about food too much. We draw too much comfort from it, you know, comfort food. We overeat. We become slaves to it, and thus we minimize our present enjoyment of it, feeling stuffed, overweight, and enslaved, and in the end, we lose the enjoyment altogether. We're hungry, dissatisfied, and empty forever, and it hinders your relationship to God. If you put second things first, you lose both the first and second things. Make Make sense? This is why the best thing for all of us is to live what's on this wristband. I am second. Because if you put yourself first, you lose. You're going to lose your life. Jesus said that, and it's true. It's just the universal law, and you're going to lose the best thing too. So put first things first, we get second things thrown in. Put second things first, and we lose both first and second things. And you can put this in any category, whatever you can think of, reputation, money, sex, influence, music, love of family, love of friends. The principle remains the same. The best way to destroy your joy in any of these things and to destroy your soul is to seek the second things in place of God. Now, God is not against our enjoyment of His gifts. He wants to enjoy them. He gave them to us. But he warns we'll lose both if we don't put him first. Now, we're in this series on the Ten Commandments, and the first three are all about our relationship to God. He's first. Last week, we reviewed what it means to make God first in your life, and I'm going to review it again, F-I-R-S-T. F is his focus. What do you think about? What is your driving force? What's the mission statement of your life? I is your income, because where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. That is just a fact. Relationships as R, God determines how I treat others, God affects every relationship, even the bad ones. S is my security, He's the one I trust, and T is the time, He is the owner of my days on this earth, and I'll use my time to honor Him. And last week, we challenged all our men to wear this wristband with three words on it, I am second, and it means I am second to Jesus, Jesus is first in all aspects of my life. So once again, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to challenge you men to take this as your motto. Now, we ran out of wristbands last week, so that's part of the reason we're doing again this week. We ordered 50 more. If we run out of these 50, hallelujah, that'll be fine. I am second to Jesus. I am second to serving others. I am second to His kingdom and His will and His righteousness. I am second to my wife and my family. I am second even to my enemies. So we're going to have you men come forward again during communion and if you'd like, if you're ready to pick one up. First three commandments are all about God. Number one, you shall have no other gods before me. God is first, I am second. Second, you shall not make yourself an image of God, image of any other gods or images of the true God. This commandment is about reducing God, making Him into a user-friendly God. We don't have stone or image... uh, wood images today. We have mental images, however, that reduce Him so we can control Him. We make God into an image that we we like instead of God forming us into His image. So number one, don't worship other gods. Number two, don't reduce the true God. Third commandment then, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name. I want to do a little word association here. I'm going to give you a name and don't say anything. I'm afraid of what you might say. <laughs> but just think in your mind, what, come, what, what jumps into your mind. Here we go. Donald Trump. Don't say it. We're probably all over the board on that one. How about this? Mike Madigan and Bruce Rauner. Mm-hmm. Don't say it. Illinois. Chestnut. <laughs> and the greatest of these is chestnut. We love chestnut. But we associate particular characteristics with particular's name. As soon as I would say any one of your names, everybody, oh, yeah, they would think of certain characteristics, because that's who you are. Your name is really who you are. Uh, when parents decide names for their kids, of course, they're usually very careful, although not all parents are. There is one family had the last name of Fail, F-A-I-L, and named their two sons Will and Won't. Can you imagine that? And then the most famous one is Governor Hogg of Texas, remember, named his daughter Ima? I'm a hog. True story. Look it up. She actually did actually pretty well in life in spite of her name. One time she was given the title of the First Lady of Texas. So names are important. Your name is important to God. He knows your name. But even so, this third commandment, His name should be important to us. But in spite of all that, this third commandment always seemed a little petty to me. I mean, if we were ranking the commandments, most of us would probably been murder and adultery and stealing ahead of this one. And yes, this one ranks third. Most of us, well, I don't think God's going to get all that upset or send me to hell for an occasional slip of the tongue. I sure hope not. Well, this goes a lot deeper. This is so important. In the Old Testament, the penalty for cursing His name is death. So apparently, this is a lot more important than just... Uh, an occasional slip of the tongue. God's name is so unique and special. God Himself is so beyond us that we don't know for sure even how to pronounce His name. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. It's made up of four consonants, Y-H-W-H. could be pronounced Yahweh or Jehovah. In most Bibles, it's just put Lord in capital letters, and you, know, and you see it twice in our text, in fact. His name can mean the one who is or the one who caused us to be or simply I am. He is all. Nothing exists apart from Him. He is prime reality, the essence of being. And just as making an idol reduces Him, the misuse of His name reduces Him. So let me give you some applications. First of all, God's name is misused by false oath-taking. Leviticus 19.12 says, Do not swear falsely by My name, and so profane the name of your God. Oaths in the Old Testament were like legal documents for business or commerce. God was the notary public. And there are some phrases in the Bible you run into, like, The Lord do so to me more uh, and more if, you know, such and such or as the Lord lives, I will do such and such. It's like putting your hand on the Bible when you use God's name or signing on the dotted line. You do not use His name to commit perjury or cheat others. Jesus in the New Testament goes even farther, says don't even take an oath. Do not swear by heaven, okay? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you wear the name of Christ, if you wear this wristband, Every act, every word, every deed must aim to be an act of truthfulness because the name you wear is truth. And if you're known to be unreliable and unfaithful and a liar and untrustworthy and claim to be a follower of Jesus, you're smearing his name and his reputation. Second application I just put in here using God's name lightly. I don't think profanity is really the intent of this commandment. However, In Ephesians 5, it says there should not be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. One man was converted later in life, and it said becoming a Christian cost me half my vocabulary. But by using his name lightly, I'm talking about phrases like, oh, my God, oh, God, OMG. And I hear people use God's name lightly, and I just cringe this commandment is translated into King James, do not take His name in vain. And the word vain means nothingness or unsubstantial. The opposite would be honor. The word honor means weight or substance. So we are to give weight to His name. And to misuse it is to remove weight from His name and trivialize Him by speaking of His name lightly. OMG makes light of His name. It makes light of Him. And people who do that either have no clue what they're doing or just have no respect for this God. So the second commandment is, don't reduce me with your mental idols and images. The third commandment, don't reduce me by profaning my name or taking it lightly. Jesus said, we will give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word we have spoken. Does that scare anyone? Every word. Why? Because out of the heart, out of the soul, the mouth speaks. The mouth reveals who you are this the mouth reveals what you think about this god he said we will be justified by our words and we will by our words we will be condemned it's serious stuff this mouth stuff third application using god's name for our agenda in the Bible, there were times people would use incantations, invoke the names of their gods to get things they wanted, you know, magic and sorcery. In paganism, they often thought if you knew God's name, you could use him, uh, use that name to control Him or manipulate Him. In the New Testament, the Pharisees would say long prayers on the street corner, talking to God, talking about God, not necessarily because they loved God, but because they wanted to impress others, using God for their advancement, their agenda And their ego. Slave owners at one time used God in the Bible to justify slavery. Today we see protesters using God's name to promote their cause. God hates whatever. During presidential elections, some organizations will send out brochures announcing the Christian position on issues. And I've always been surprised to find out that God is in favor of limiting congressional terms and lowering taxes. Don't see that anywhere in the Bible. Here's another one. When people say, it's God's will, God wants me to do this, God told me that, God did this, God did that, and sometimes it's true, there's no doubt that God speaks and leads today, but sometimes people can use God's name to, uh, to lend force to what they want. Uh, they wrap His name around what their will is. So it's our will, but we justify by saying, well, God wants me to do this. Another translation of this is you shall not use the name fraudulently. The crusades were organized under the motto, it's God's will. That we go and kill those Muslims. Saul persecuted the church under the guise of God's will. Leaders in the church can do this. Well, this is where God is leading us, this is what God wants. And it might be, it might be God's will, but we better be sure and not use that to manipulate. Again, maybe it is or isn't God's will. I'm just saying, let's not be so flippant, throwing His name around, invoking him for our purpose. It reduces, it uses him, distorts him. His name is used in vain, and God is reduced. Fourth application: disrespectful behavior, the way we live. can honor or dishonor His name. I told this story before, but it's about a church in Texas that had been fighting, and they'd been fighting for three years. It had gotten so bad that they remember suing each other. At one time, someone squirted glue in the lock on the church doors to keep the other bad guys out. And there's pouring olive oil in the organ, just all sorts of things. And the sheriff had been called out over seventy times in three years. And he finally said, "I'm not coming unless there's bloodshed." The church has split into two groups: one meets on Sundays, the other on Thursdays. Originally had 140 members, now are down to less than two dozen. Periodically, they make the headlines in the papers. And I think of Jesus when He said, these people honor me with their lips. I mean, they would get together and sing praises to God. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I wish they'd take off the name church. I've got a feeling Jesus is embarrassed. A young man once went to Alexander the Great. He'd been brought because he was uh, disrupting the ranks. And Alexander asked him, what's your name? And the young soldier sheepishly said, my name is Alexander. And Alexander the Great was taken aback at that. And he said, listen, buddy, either change your conduct or change your name. And I do wonder, if sometimes Jesus would like to say that to Mark Weber: Either change your conduct or please don't use my name. Please don't wear my name with that behavior. Please don't call yourself Christian. Just stop it. And I just cringe at times, and I know many of you do too, when you see a fellow believer putting stuff on social media, and people know they are a member of this church, people know they're telling them to follow Christ, and I just cringe. I say, please, shut up, stop, not when you wear the name of Christ. Colossians 3, whatever you do, where the word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do not... Please do not claim to be a person of faith and put some of that stuff on there. End of rant, okay? So, what are we to do? How do we honor His name? We should realize the privilege and responsibility of knowing His name. I I wonder if we do realize what an amazing honor we have to know the name of God. God's name was so sacred to the Jews, it was pronounced only once a year by one person. The high priest on the Day of Atonement pronounced the name of... God's name. No one else dared say it for fear of misusing his name. Now, there's no such teaching in the Bible that we should not even say God's name, but it does show the respect and regard that people had. If I were on a first name basis with someone famous, like the President of the United States, I would uh, immediately get more credibility, with some of you anyway, I think. I called Donald the other day and we chatted a little bit about this sermon, and he chatted with me a little bit about North Korea. You, you know about Donald, and you, some of you, you know Donald Trump? You talked to Donald Trump the other day, you know, you know him on a first-name basis, you wouldn't believe it, and some of you would think it's an honor, some of you might not think it's an honor. Uh, folks, we're on a first-name basis with someone a lot higher than any president. Really. We have a privilege Abraham did not have. God did not reveal his name to Abraham, or to Isaac, or to Jacob, or to Joseph, or Noah, or Adam. God did not reveal his name until who? Moses. We are not only on a first-name basis with God. Here is a real kicker. We actually wear His name. We are God's people. Do you realize the honor and the responsibility that that name carries? We are God's church. We wear the name of Jesus. Do we understand the privilege, the amazing grace that we just saying about, and the responsibility? The essence of this third commandment, do not mess up God's reputation. You've been privileged to be on a first-name basis with someone you have no right to. Lord's Prayer, how does it start? Our Father who art in heaven, what's the first request? Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name in my words, in my life, in my thoughts, in my relationships, my everything. We are also to worship His name. Psalm 69 says, I will praise the name of God with a song. When a guest comes on Sunday morning, they should be thinking, should be thinking, wow, this God is amazing. These people really honor Him. Because of our worship, His name should be exalted. And I'm a little afraid that that doesn't always happen. Sometimes people come and see boredom and see apathy and at the sound of His name, people say, well, okay, so what? We should rejoice with our hearts and soul and mind and body and voice every time we gather. But, of course, worship is way beyond one hour on Sunday morning. It is also it's just how we live. Our lives worship His name. I am second. He is first. I am second. So He is exalted. And people will start saying, man, something's happening to that guy. Something's happening to that woman. Uh, God, God is going to be praised as you worship Him with your life. Third, we witness to His name. Psalm 20, we boast of the name of the Lord our God. A central issue in this commandment is the effect of God's name on non-believers. Will they be drawn to it or repelled to His name? Has that name been smudged by the way we've used it or has it been lifted up? Most people know that you go to church. Do they have a positive view of God's church by your witness? Now, you won't be perfect, obviously, but it will be evident in your life. Where I was living in Rockford, my brother and his wife stopped in for a visit. We had lunch together at a restaurant, and it was my brother's first visit to our fair city, and we had the worst waitress in Rockford that day. I mean, she was just awful. She was abrupt and loud and crass. Uh, One time she was waiting at the next table, and he turned around to us and said, did you hear that? The soup of the day today is potato, broccoli, or whatever. I mean, she was really bad, and this may sound silly, but I was embarrassed for the city of Rockford because of one person. He, my brother asked, well, how do you like Rockford? I, he said, well, we like it. The people are great. Even though we have this female goofball of a waitress, I mean, it's embarrassing. I mean, and it's not right. It's not fair. It's not logical. But one person reflects on the reputation of a city of 150,000. When we have guests on Sunday morning, all it takes is one person, good or bad. That church is unfriendly. They're snobby. Man, that church is on fire for Jesus. They genuinely care about people. You and I represent His church and His name to this world. Scripture says that God does things for His name's sake or to make a name for Himself. He wants His name. When people hear it, He wants to hear positive connotations so people can be saved and drawn to that name. And when protesters put signs up like, God hates fags, His name is damaged. Romans 9, 17, that my name be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. Not just part of the earth, the whole earth. I am second, and His name will be first in my life. And I will live to the best of my ability and act and speak so that His name will be honored by others. And people will be drawn to it. Do not misuse his name. Rather, respect it, worship it, and be a witness to it. Now, this is for men only now. Ladies, you need this too, but we're going to focus on the guys. And ladies, I know some of you said you want a wristband too. Well, sorry. If we have extras, you can have one. But Let me warn you guys, if you put this on and you really mean it, I guarantee you the enemy will attack. Guarantee, he will come after you in some way. Just this past week, I've only been wearing this thing for 10 days. Just this past week, great. It has been really, really, really hard for me to be second. And times I made myself first. And whenever I do that, it's always awful. See, in chasing second things first, you lose both the second and first things. Whenever I'm selfish, it's bad. So we're going to do communion, recognizing his sacrifice for us. We're going to ask everyone uh, who would like to participate in communion today to come forward. Uh, You men who did not receive a wristband last week, if you'd like to get one, we did get 50 more. So you can get one this week. We'll have an elder down here on, on both sides here. And let me say, please do not do this unless you mean it. There's a card that goes along with it as a reminder of making Him first and what that means. And this is for junior high, high school, young men as well. But if you don't mean it, don't do it. You won't be perfect, but you've made a decision that I'm going to commit my life to honoring Him within my ability. So after I pray, you come for communion. Let's stand as I pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We are in awe that you have put us on a first-name basis with yourself. We are amazed. We should be amazed at the privilege and the responsibility that comes with being named one of yours. And I pray today that we will realize this privilege and responsibility that ours that through our speech and through our lives and through our witness, your name will be proclaimed in this community, among our neighbors, in our home, in this county, and literally throughout the earth, that your name would be glorified. That is our prayer, that your name would be known to all nations. Thank you for giving us your name, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.